Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rahapa podcast. Today we'll be talking about. Season 3, Episode 2 of 90 Day, The Other Way. It's been a fun premiere and now a fun second episode to talk about all of this. I am, of course, your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, please, Ann Bikili, ready to break down everything that went down in Episode 2. And I am today joined by someone who is incredible, someone who's getting their first taste of the 90 Day Fiancé experience. And you can hear her on podcasts such as, but not limited to, the Love Island Rahap Up, the Temptation Island Rahap Up, the Too Hot to Handle Rahap Up, and BoJack Horse Pod, and, and, and Riverdale recaps over on Kowski Cast. It is Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great, Leah. That was such a nice intro. I feel like you like really did your research. You got my whole CV, uh, but I'm kind of like in a vortex now because you're like, okay, she does Love Island and Temptation Island and Too Hot. And I was like, Wow, I really pigeonholed myself here. Oh, yeah, and F-Boy Island. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, your, your credit. So I, I was initially going to say Love Island, uh, BoJack, and Riverdale. And I was like, oh, wait, there's more. But then it's a lot of very similar shows. So that has become your brand. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's giving me opportunities, so that's great. But now the problem is every time there's a new show on a damn island, I'm getting the mentions, I'm getting the Facebook comment tags. They're, oh, is Kirsten covering this? I'm like, no, I'm not covering dating naked and afraid or whatever <laughs> that crap is. Absolutely not. <laughs> naked and afraid of love or something? Yeah, it's something. Yeah. I don't know what it is. All I know is uh, what's his name from BB15 is apparently still kicking. Yeah. Is on that I saw David Gurton on the photo and I said, no thanks. I am good with my life. I'm time has, <laughs> has not been kind to him also. <laughs> no. Time, um, the internet, the world, and nothing. Yeah. But I'm very excited to to get to jump into 90 Day with you. Uh, I was chatting with Rob about this um, on the weekend, and he was like, I know that they're not like on an island so much, but like these are dummies. Like they're this is your brand. Like this you'll be you'll be uh like in your element there. I was like, Yeah, hell yeah. Uh we we love that. Yeah, and I'd like to think that um after having watched these two episodes, I think you can agree with that statement. 
Uh, and I'm very excited to get your takes on these couples it's, because this is wild. This is this is one of the wildest, most unhinged things I've ever seen in my life. Um, I tried to get into normal, like 90 Day Fiance, the last season or maybe the season before. It was with Jovi the season before. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was with Jovi, and uh, I watched a couple of episodes. I got my boss into it, and then I fell off. And then my boss would be like, "Are you caught up on 90 Day?" And I'd be like, "No." <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing with 90 Day. It's very easy to get other people on it, but because of how continuously it releases episodes, if you fall off, you're not getting back up. It's very difficult, Um, which is good that the new season began so we could get you on here to talk about these couples. Yeah. Um, So, okay, so season three, episode two, they are the premise of 90 Day the other way, for those of you maybe tuning in just today for the first time. It is basically couples where the American counterpart of the couple has now opted to move to the home country of their partner and for different reasons. Sometimes it's the visas pending. Sometimes they just can't get a visa. Whatever the case, they have moved to the other side of the world or to another country, another continent to be with their loved one. Now, we're going to start today by going over to Asia and talking about Jenny and Sumit who reside in India. Now. The last time we saw them, last episode, Jenny and Sumit had a big blow of argument, basically because Jenny's worried about her visa having expired and she has to, she's in this loophole where she has a 10 year visa, but she has to keep leaving every six months and she's sick and tired of doing so. And now with the pandemic here, leaving and coming back isn't as easy as it might have been before. So they ended the episode with uh, Jenny storming off. Now, before we dive into anything else in this episode uh, with them, Kirsten, how did you feel watching that episode with them? Okay, so again, I'm new to the the franchise. I know that Jenny and and Sumit have been around for a while, but just like the the it was blow after blow after blow. This man is made of red flags. Like, first of all, he's catfishing. Second of all, he's married when he's doing that. Third of all, he's a whole idiot who's willing to just like give up his passport and not attempt to, uh, I don't know, get a new one or get it back or anything like that. Uh, he's the, the whole relationship is the wildest thing I've ever seen. I don't understand why this woman wants to be with someone 30 years younger than her who is like not even mature. He has, I, he has nothing going for him. And I just feel bad for her. And I mean, you're on the right side of things, I would say, because it is, I mean, the whole meet cute with them is not cute. It's very weird. Um, and, and the fact that she was like, I liked his non catfish persona better. I was like, but you were talking to a catfish. And after all these revelations, she's still sticking it out with him. I actually asked this to Liana today. I'm like, what do you think Sumit has got going on that's kept Jenny there? I don't know. To me, almost, I feel like genuinely this might be a case of, I don't want to feel like I wasted 10 years of my life with this and I have to make it work so that I don't feel like I've, I've, I've lost 10 years of my life doing this. Well, and that could definitely be part of it. And the other side of it is, you know, she is retired. She is, you know, uh, and was able to leave her whole life in the States behind mm-hmm. and, and feels comfortable doing that. So I'm almost wondering, is Jenny maybe a little isolated when she is in the States and she fe- feels lonely? And at least, you know, even if Sumit isn't like perfect, uh, he's giving her something and makes her feel like she has some kind of companionship. Um 
well, she, she's not like that old, but like, you know, she's a retiree, that kind of thing, like maybe a little bit more isolated. Like, I think that could also be a big part of it. But it's just like for this man to continuously be like, okay, we'll get married. No, we can't. My parents said no. Okay, we'll get married. No, my, sorry, my parents said no. Like, that to me makes me really sad for her. And like, she n- never developed a sense of boundaries, really. And so she, I feel like she's probably been not in control of many relationships in her life that she's willing to accept this now after having so much life experience. Mm -hmm. Well, like the other thing too, is that, you know, I know um, there are people out there. They don't like putting labels on things. They don't want to define the relationship with them. It's a little bit different because not only defining the relationship will give her the sense of, okay, we're permanent, but the fact that the whole world around them, she has to keep leaving every six months and all of that, it's making it all feel so temporary. And the fact that um, Sumit can say till the end of time, I pick you over my parents. The fact that she's not getting married because of the parents means the parents are winning. So it's really difficult, I feel like, for her to feel like, you know, completed in this relationship without getting that down. So. When the episode starts here, she's stormed into another room. She's talking to herself, talking about she's going to leave in the morning. She's out. She's done. And Sumit is trying to calm her down, but he's doing it in a very incorrect way where he's telling her to calm down. And then when she was like, why are you, why'd you come in here? He said, I just want to force you to calm down. I was like, there is no world where this is the solution for calming down. If anything, this is the worst thing you can do. Like, No, the worst thing you can say to anybody when you're having an uh, argument or like discussion or anything is to tell them to calm down. If someone ever tells me to calm down, I'm going to fly into a rage, like unlike anything you've ever seen. You cannot tell me to calm down. Absolutely not. It's Uh, right up there with telling someone to smile. It really uh, is. If if someone's like, hey, smile. I'm like, no, (laughs) now I'm annoyed that you're asking me to do this. No, I'm not smiling. Is that something that you've had happen to you many times where people ask you to smile? Um, it's happened before where people be like, are you, is everything cool? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fine. Like, okay, well then smile. Cause I can't tell. I'm like, well, I'm not a puppet. I'm not going to just smile for you. That's weird. And also it's one of those things where it's like, you know, when you're taking a photo and they're like, smile, it feels artificial. So then when I, in a natural conversation, if that gets prompted, I can't do it. Cause I feel like my face is weird now. I hate it. You're doing like the Chandler face when they try to oh, take pictures with all teeth. Yep. <laughs> um, that's that's interesting for you because I feel like I you don't really tend to hear about people being asked to smile that aren't women, and so that's interesting mm-hmm. that you have that experience too. But yeah, it's horrible. People are like, can I get a smile? No, you cannot get a. Who are you? You can get nothing from me, stranger. Like, w- keep yeah. walking, buddy. <laughs> And even when I mentioned the example of someone telling you to smile, I was picturing it being told to women because I can, I've seen that happen live in front of me before. And that is way worse, in my opinion, uh, because it's just like, it's just this weird, it's like where the where's my hug guy? It's the same person. Uh, uh, like, please stop doing this. It's, it's just like, a, especially like with the smile and like with the, oh, where's my hug? It's just like someone who wants to feel ownership over someone else's body, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's, it's the same kind kind of thing when someone's like oh calm down I want to force you to calm down because it's like you don't actually care if I'm calm or not you want control of the situation like it's it's about you not about me and it's weird and gross 
And for him to even just say it like that, like he's like, okay, calm down. And she goes, okay, I'm calm. And he's like, well, you don't seem calm. And she's like, fine, I'm not calm. Like, what are you, I was cracking up. Yeah, there's another quote from this uh, scene where he says, I expect you to behave like a calm person. Again, not said well. I'm going to chalk that up to maybe the language barrier potentially. Um, But then mentions the pandemic is not something created by me and my parents. And I was like, Sumit, you're making this a one topic issue where the problem is that if the pandemic didn't happen, Nepal would be open. And you could both go to Nepal for a couple of days. Well, to no, come they back. still couldn't because he doesn't have a passport. No, so, so Nepal's the only country where he can go without a passport. That's oh, why got it, Nepal got it, got was it. the only one he mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pardon so, my ignorance of the situation. Oh, no, it's all cool. It's all good. That's the thing is that that is not a solution. That is literally a stopgap measure. So that cannot be the solution the only solution is marriage and he just doesn't seem to quite get that Well, it's marriage or breakup because what they're doing right now is not sustainable and so the way it is right now so have they been going to nepal for a couple of days every six months or has she been going by herself when she has Uh, to leave that is difficult i'm gonna say i'm gonna say that i'm assuming she has done the leaving and coming back before i don't know if nepal has been the destination before but in this instance because she didn't want to be alone during the pandemic i think that's why nepal got mentioned because then he could also go to nepal but that obviously wasn't going to be the case here so then the other scene we get from them because it was a lot of just this and then they left us then they came back with another scene we find out her extension actually got approved. So there might have been some clerical error with yeah, the it was email a, she got last time. Yeah, it was a glitch. Like she, because they brought, what was the word they were using last episode? Like it's challenged or. Um, um I, I, it just seemed like, yeah, it seemed like she didn't get you. It sound from what I gathered was she would apply and then she'd get a message saying, it's been approved. So last time it didn't say that. It said something else that was more negatively connotated. Yeah, so but it didn't specifically say, oh, declined or rejected. It was another word. Mm-hmm. And now I, I didn't write it down and that's on me. But um, it, it did seem like a weird phrasing originally. And I was wondering mm-hmm. if that was because of like a translation or something on my part, like not understanding. Uh, but yeah, so it got approved. She gets to stay. Uh, but it still brought up all of the anxiety and nervousness about, well, what will happen if it doesn't get extended? And she does have to leave during the pandemic when she might not be able to come back in. Yeah. And they made the they made the logical decision of going to see an immigration lawyer, which I think is very good in these instances, because that's all that's really the best way you can get a straight answer. I remember when me and Liana were going through all this, seeing a, uh, going to a lawyer really helped because there's a lot of. Not, uh, rules that is like constantly evolving and changing and it's like especially for our condition with my passport and my citizenship it was like very fluid so it does help get answers but i'm not quite sure how i feel about the answer they got here so let's go to the immigration lawyer they go to the immigration lawyer the first question asked is hey would you be ready to give up your american citizenship and she says absolutely not she says she believes she should draw the line somewhere and i was like, I'm glad there's a line I'm glad to see that there's a line. So that's good. She's not giving that up, especially with how everything's been shaky. I feel like she does need that as fallback. 
for whatever reason. Well, yeah, um, because on the one hand, uh, she's not getting a commitment from him. So it's not like they're getting married so she can feel stability in, in India. Uh, and also she does get, you know, like retirement and government benefits, like for being someone who no longer has to work. And why would you give that up when you don't even know if you have like a permanent situation, right? Right, right, absolutely. Um, and so then the other option that gets brought up, and there, and the lawyer mentions this is one technical option, and it's something called ISCON. It's I S K C O N, and basically, based on the explanation, it is a missionary visa where she would then become a Hari Krishna devotee. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's some kind of loophole that that would grant her a permanent stay in India. And she's, you know, understandably got questions like, well, what does that mean? What would I have to do? Would I have to be, you know, trying to like convert people? Like, what, what is this? And they're like, oh, no, no, it's just a loophole. You wouldn't have to do anything. And it's like, this, this doesn't seem legit to me. I feel like most countries are pretty uh, firm on not having loopholes for immigration. Yeah, yeah. And and to me, when I heard this being brought up on the show, I was like, do you, are you sure you want this aired? Because it very much sounds like it's very obviously you want to just take this up for the reasons that are not the religion, but to stay with your, you know, partners. So I don't know if that's a good idea for you to have that be on the page, but on the screen, but that's fine. That's your choice. Well, I mean, hopefully they didn't go down that path because having this on film would not look good for them. I mean, yeah, but then the next the next time on that we see from them is um, uh, Jenny getting a bit of education on the religion. So she's giving it a shot, which, again, she's gone through so many loops for for Sumit. And I feel like Sumit's not giving the one thing that he was supposed to give. And I just don't understand how he's just getting away with that. Sumit ain't shit. Okay, like what a <laughs> trash man. He's horrible. Like he's so I feel like he's immature even like for his age cuz he's what 33, right? Um he's so yeah. immature for 33. He's so strange. I like it's not like he's this like very like hot man to like lure someone. Um, they don't seem happy when they're together. Like, all, they must have like had happy times and like care very deeply about each other. Oh yeah! Like I mean, through ten years, their love has gone and been tested through a lot of things. So to me, if him being married to someone else wasn't the deal breaker, if him not telling his parents that he moved wasn't a deal breaker, if him then you know not marrying her wasn't the deal breaker then it doesn't seem like anything's gonna break them they're pretty teflon like that but i'm very curious where this is gonna go with them because again and i think jason reed um and this is not even this is the last time we saw them so like a year ago was on the podcast with me and was like i don't think sumit ever has the intention of marrying her and i thought that's far-fetched and ever since jason's been on that podcast Every single time I've seen these two, I'm like, I don't see the point where Sumit ends up buckling and doing it and defying his parents because his parents seemingly are not going to budge. It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Well, and that's the other thing, too. Like whenever you like listen to any sort of dating advice, relationship advice, whatever, one of the main things that you will hear over and over and over and over again about like for people who date men is if he wanted to, he would. If he really wanted to marry her, 
he would do it regardless of what his parents have to say, regardless of the issues, like especially considering that she's in now another country and needs him to marry her for her to have a stability in an actual home. If he wanted to do it, he would do it. He obviously doesn't want to do it. And they are in a pattern where it's very clear that he doesn't have to um, concede anything. She is making every compromise. She is coming there. She is, you know, going and leaving every six months. Like she has given him all of the power. He doesn't have to give any of that back to her by marrying her. And he doesn't want to. Like, I think he enjoys being the one in control of the relationship. And if he wanted to marry her, he would. He obviously doesn't want to. I can't even give him credit for that. I genuinely feel like he's just in a position where he's getting destroyed by the nerves and the insecurity and the worry of, of, you know, his parents' approval not being given. His brother doesn't approve. His like sister-in-law doesn't approve. No one approves of this marriage. But then he's not willing to stand up and be like, I don't care what you think. He very much cares. And he's letting that crush his relationship, which is what he cares about. So I just think there's a lot of complex feelings there. But I do think at some point he should really just make the decision and firm it. I just don't see when that's going to happen, though. So we'll have to find out in the future. But but let's move on to a more positive couple, to a more um, loving couple to a couple that I think I've been rooting for from the minute we've seen them. Let's go over to Mexico and let's talk about Kenny and Armando. So Kenny and Armando, Kirsten, we had not really seen in the premiere episode. They get their first episode here. Mm-hmm. We got the history of them, which I'll quickly go through and then I'll get your take on. So Kenny and Armando, um, they met through, um, they met through a uh, social, a Facebook group, pretty much, or a social media group with, uh, of uh, dads supporting dads kind of thing. So that's where they met. They bonded. They bonded through someone else's thread by just replying on comments. And then they linked up. Everything was going fine, long distance. And then Kenny moves to Mexico to be with Armando permanently. We did see in the last season when he did move over. And we also got to watch the very beautiful proposal that Kenny had planned for Armando, but the relationship isn't without some of its problems. Armando's family, uh, when Armando came out, didn't quite give a warm reception. And then when Armando announced to his mom and some other family members that they are engaged, his mom didn't have a good response. And his dad still doesn't know that he's engaged or didn't know at the time of the finale last season. We still don't know pending if he has been told yet. And where we are landing with them coming into this season is they are at a place where they're beginning to plan for the wedding. Yeah, that this I'm I want them to have happiness so badly. Like I I just met them and I'm already obsessed. I like want to like protect them from the world. Like a big part of their 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 part on this episode is them. Uh, talking about vendors who maybe would not be uh, willing to work with them because they are um, a gay couple. And it's just like everything, everything about their relationship. It just like breaks my heart. I don't know. I mean, they, they may, it makes yeah. me so sad just to think about like uh, not being able to like be open with your parents. And like, obviously it's, it's to the extent where he's like, well, my mom will pass the message along because I don't want to talk to my dad about uh, the fact that I'm engaged to like it's just 
It makes you so sad. The, the, they get paid good money for being on this show, right? I hope they do. Um. So, okay. So as far as the, the compensation goes, the American counterpart, I, I don't know the exact ruling for 90 day the other way, but for the regular 90 day, the American counterpart gets paid because usually the foreign counterpart of the relationship does not have the visas in place to get the get paid. So they get paid about a thousand an episode and then like 2,500 for the reunion is the last time I checked. It was a couple years ago. So the payment's not all that much to be yeah, honest. They deserve more. But yeah. But then with, with Kenny and Armando specifically, other bits that we learned in the last season that we saw in the last season was they initially got denied the ability to get a marriage license. Um, and it was very much because they are a same sex couple and they had to lobby it and protest it. They got it approved. But then now with the wedding planning, which you alluded to, this is where we have landed with them. So now um, they went and met up with some um, wedding planners. They met up with Hugo and Carlos, who they felt comfortable going to Hugo and Carlos because they are both um, gay men as well. And this was actually a very touching moment for me. I loved Hugo and Carlos so much because they were very cognizant of what these two need and they want to help. And I loved every bit of that. And um, as far as the discussions go with the, with the wedding, the interesting <laughs> clash comes at Armando wants a big wedding. So in Armando's culture, more people get invited to the wedding. It's not just, you know, your, your close family and like your aunts and uncles. He was talking about neighbors getting invited, other relatives. And it's very similar in the Persian culture, too, where like I've been to weddings where it's like, let's say it's my cousin's wedding and I'm seeing people that I do not know. And I'm playing this game with my mom. Where I'm like, OK, so who's that person? I'm like, so this person is related to her who <laughs> knows your cousin because they went to the same school, but like six years apart. And I'm like, okay, I guess that connection's good enough. It makes sense. And I've also been to weddings where I've seen, I'm like, oh, how did we get an invite? But then this friend, like this friend of mine got an invite who I'm close with, but I did not know was related to us. Turns out they're not. It's just how the circle goes. So Armando is thinking a big, big wedding. And Kenny is not. Kenny's like 50, 100 people. Armando's like, I think 200. And then Kenny was like, okay, not more than 200, though. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, too, is it seems like Kenny and Armando have not talked about what they want from their wedding outside of this, is the impression that we're getting. Like, uh, we see them driving, and Kenny's like, oh, don't become a bridezilla. Uh, and where it's like, okay, yeah, 50 to 100 people. And it's like, no, 200 minimum. And the expectations are not aligned. And I feel like before you're going into a meeting, with a wedding planner, you kind of have to have that sorted out. But obviously, like for TV, they want this moment of like, oh, look at the tension in the relationship. And I think it's because in general, the vibe I get from Kenny and, and Armando is that they are a very tight couple that just loves each other very much. And I think that they want any drama they can get to have on the show, even if it just comes down to how many guests are going to be at the wedding. Yeah, well, that's been the thing with Kenny and Armando even last season where the drama they faced really had nothing to do with one another. It was all external. They don't have any personal clashing. It's not like, oh, this person's hiding this from him and he's hiding this from him. None of that. Whereas every other couple, there's some kind of problem like that, which you can solve by just being open and just having a conversation. They're very, very mature as far as these couples go. But then when you look at their plans currently, 
I do think that um, they're in the right direction. Now, um, one thing that I know our older listeners or listeners that have been here from the last season of The Other Way will be like, Huya, did Kenny, is Kenny learning Spanish? And yes, the first scene we see with them is they went out to this little park with Truffles the dog, their cat, and um, Armando and Kenny's daughter, Hannah, um, who was quizzing Kenny on some Spanish words, which I thought was really cute. I like that a lot. Yeah, he's working on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a it's pending. Okay, it's a, it's a work in progress. He got um, uh, one word right, and then he kind of fumbled on automobile, but that's fine. He said it in an American accent. It was cool. It was cute. So was this um, a plot line before where Kenny like wasn't learning? Kenny, well, Kenny was like, well, I can't get work here because I can't speak Spanish. And I was like, well, just pick up Spanish then. Like, that's that should be the solution. Get to a level. (laughs) You have lots of time. You're unemployed. Yeah. But then um, I did. So one of our listeners did send me a thing where they mentioned that where they're living is not too far away from the state. So he could get a job with just English. So I was like, oh, okay, interesting. But then he's putting in the effort for Spanish. I do appreciate that very much and you've already mentioned this but they talked about issues with vendors regarding same-sex marriages and then carlos made a gesture of well if we've been able to solve these problems with a little bit of an end of the gesture for money so Mm -hmm. potentially money is what's going to solve this but i very much love this scene that's really all we got from them but that was enough to remind me that kenny and armando are the number one couple i'm rooting for in this season far and wide they seem very wholesome overall Hmm. I agree. Uh, I just I I liked them and I wanted to see more from them. But this yeah. is also like their kind of intro for the season. So with them not being in the first episode, like is this a thing where maybe their story arc won't go for as much of the season, or how does that normally work? So it's interesting. So with every season of the ninety day franchise, there's always one or two couples that you can tell are the meat and potatoes, and they're going to be the the main. They're going to be on every episode because there's just way more drama or way more storyline with them to go through. And I think it's very evident to me this season those two couples are Ginny and Sumit and Ari and Binyam. I think that's very clear. They're going to be our main drivers. And then of the new couples, I think Stephen and Alina and Ellie and Victor are going to be more intrigue, which then leaves Corey and Evelyn and Kenny and Armando being probably in the C tier plot lines, just because with Kenny and Armando, I don't think there's many problems. And then with Corey and Evelyn, like no one cares. It's all problems. (laughs) It's only problems. Exactly. So I think, but the thing is, just because they came in episode two doesn't mean that they won't have more of a storyline later. Um, And I think that um, they are teasing it a little bit. So with the next time on, Kenny's daughter is going to come visit. And Kenny's not been honest about one thing with Armando. Now, I don't know what that is. If I'm throwing a blank guess out there, it's going to have something to do with him being homesick and missing home and missing his family and his you know, grandkid and his daughter. Like It's going to be something of that nature which I don't think is an abnormal thing. And I don't think it's as big of a problem as the show is going to want us to believe. Because the one thing the show does love doing is playing up this whole, ooh, what's going to happen? It's going to be dramatic. And then you see the scene in its full actuality and not just the sound bite they pick. And it's not that dramatic. Just like how they're trying to convince everyone that Victor might be dead in the hurricane. They showed us in the previews that he is well there because there are scenes of him and Ellie in Providentia. So that's nonsense, but they do love their editing tricks on TLC. Well, yeah, and like with that, like the whole concept that 
a plot line of the show would be, oh, someone was going to move to another country to be with the lo- their love and then their love is just dead. Like that's that's not gonna sell well on 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 a show about relationships. Like that's no. just sad. Like there's <laughs> nothing to like you can't be like laughing at mess. You can't be rooting for or against any like it's just like they I don't think they would show that. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't think they would. I mean, th- that's one of those things where if anything like that happened, they just wouldn't put it on TV. Exactly. Like, there's no world. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. So that kind of leaves us with Kenny and Armando. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Now, let's go right over to a aforementioned couple, Corey and Evelyn, who, again, no one cares about. Well, but, but it feeds in perfectly, though, because it seems like their <laughs> core issue this episode is also meeting with the wedding planner and not being on the same page about their wedding. Exactly. So we got one scene from them. Not one scene then we came back one scene and that one scene was they were meeting with a wedding planner they're meeting with carolina the wedding planner she was recommended by friends to Corey and evelyn and evelyn is very pumped because she's the best she's even planned the wedding of a victoria secret angel so she's oh, yeah. very much about that so that's carolina's entrance into this scene but then the other thing they want us to set up here is that um Corey and evelyn they bought a beachfront property and they did this after they wanted to open their bar thing. So they bought a beachfront property and they want to, they're hoping to get the wedding done there. And yes. So in theory, this is a beachfront property because it is a stretch of beach that they own. Um, But there's no like venue there. There's no building. There's no bathroom. Uh, Like the wedding planner's like, well, we would have to like, do sewage and water and like build a venue and like create this whole thing so like it really doesn't make a ton of sense to have your wedding here on this patch of rocks next to the water uh like especially if you want you know the the reception the cocktail hour the sarah like we need places for this and you like you they've taken her into an area that has no development yeah and i mean that's the thing with it is that um 
the 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 setup of its beachfront. Well, yes, technically it's in front of the beach and it's very nice, but there is no foundation of anything. And that's going to cost a lot of money, especially if now this is just going to be used for the wedding. Like they've got to rent a bunch of stuff. They got to bring all of it over to the beach for the day, rent, like bring all these vendors over and then get rid of them like the next day. So that's not going to help all that much. The idea is great. I feel like you think about it. Yeah. Getting married uh, in front of a very nice beach sounds delightful. Yeah. But it's gonna be a problem so well, and like if they <laughs> wanted to develop their property into maybe a venue where other people could also get married in the future and they could make money off of it may, Ooh, like maybe smart like maybe that could be an option like it looks like a great place for some kind of hall or venue to be but we also feed into this meeting finding out that Corey, though he has wanted to marry evelyn for years has not saved any money for the wedding so he wants to have the wedding on the cheap uh, he is horrified when they're told that a wedding could cost $50,000. And he's like, uh, in Ecuador? And they're like, well, yeah, that's where we are. Um, and this is where Corey pissed me off. He he was like, oh, in a third world country? Like, I just want to just smack him in the face. Like, okay, you uneducated fool. Like, you've been living there how long? And you still don't understand anything? Stop it. Well, that's the thing. I feel like in his mind, the dollar will run longer, right? So... To him, he's like, well, I've heard of weddings in America costing 50K, but I imagine that same wedding here should cost like 10K. I think that's what he's envisioning. Whereas with everything we've just described, obviously, it's going to run you quite a bit of money, which is why I feel like Carolina was like, well, I can we can go to another venue that's closer to here and that stuff's pre-done. Maybe it's going to run a little cheaper. I mean, I think that ultimately the thing with Corey and Evelyn, the history with them is that for the longest time, Evelyn wanted no part in a wedding. She had no interest. Her family didn't think she ever wanted to get married. So this is a big deal for Evelyn to do. And now that Corey's standing in front of me, he's like, I don't know if I want to do that. I only sympathize with him because it doesn't sound like they're making that money. It doesn't sound like this is a beachfront property that they bought to do something with and it's just laying there. So yeah. it's like I I think it's one of those things where maybe it's unrealistic for them to spend 50K. So that part I understand. But if it's well, we shouldn't be spending 50 count on a wedding in a third world country. Then it's like, okay, guy, check the privilege at the door, please. Like that is definitely a thing that can happen and it's being set in front of you. So if you don't want to do this, you want to do something more like a 5k wedding, like your brother did, you've got to cut some corners and you got to figure out what it is that you are doing. Well, exactly. Right. And so like Evelyn is like, uh, getting married is something I can do to make the person I love happy. So I'm willing to get married. But because I'm willing to like make that concession and change in my life of something I didn't want to do before, he should make a concession of giving me like the best wedding ever if I'm going to have a wedding. And I can understand where that like frame of mind comes from. But yeah, if they don't have the money to have that giant expensive wedding, then no, you don't. You don't have to. Like, you don't have to spend twenty five, like fifty thousand dollars on on a wedding. Like that to me is absurd. But um, for right. some people, like their people are willing to spend that much money or more on like a wedding, and uh, it just has to be like you have to talk to each other and be like, this is what we have. This is what we can do, and figure out what you want and what you can live without. But obviously, they're not doing that. At least uh, not on the show because they don't want us to see like reasonable adults having conversations that's not how this show is built the show is built on mountains and mountains of mess so um yeah ultimately i feel like this is one of the things where the easiest way to have solved it would have been hey 
let's just talk about it and then meet with the wedding planner. And you'd imagine that happens. You know, no one's going in blind to a wedding planning, not knowing what their partner would want and, you know, having any of that ready to talk about potentially. But that is where they leave us. And I'm okay with leaving them there. Did they get a next time on segment? They did. It's more about how Evelyn's sister doesn't approve of this wedding. Shocked nobody. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think we saw a little bit more where uh, we're possibly going to find out more about the other woman that he um, slept, like, or quote unquote, tried to oh. sleep with. The other Jenny on the show? Yes. Yes. The Peruvian Jenny. We should, I think I'm intrigued by that because it doesn't sound like anyone has the full story. I think Evelyn has bits and pieces. Uh, Evelyn's sister only knows of Jenny, doesn't know that they stayed together, doesn't know any of the finer details. So I'm curious. Liana threw out maybe Jenny is pregnant, which that mm-hmm. would be a wild revelation in of its own right. So. We'll have to wait and see. That is literally the only bit of intrigue here for me in this relationship. Yeah, and it's not even about their relationship. It's about um, mm-hmm. the third party. I just yeah. I feel bad uh, really for Evelyn who's like, yeah if we didn't have to quarantine together we wouldn't be together. Like, oh, they should have just, bro- it's one of those couples that should have just broken up. Yeah. And they are still together. Ugh. Oof. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to 90 Day Fiancé, where the couple shouldn't be together, but they're here for the fifth season. <laughs> <laughs> not the fifth season. It's been a lot. Sometimes it feels like, have I not seen enough of you? Why are you here again? Stop it. Well, they can't really become influencers from this show, so they have to keep coming on the show. Yeah, I mean, some of them venture over to, you know, the OnlyFans of things, to the cameo side of things. But I don't, they don't have the same traction, obviously, as other more popular reality TV shows might bring. So it's definitely not the show for that. So here they are once again. But let's go to a new couple now, a couple that we've only met this season who I was very intrigued by after the the premiere last week. Let's go over to Steven and Alina, who, quick recap on them was Steven and Alina, um, they, their plan currently, she is Russian, he is American. Their plan during this pandemic is to move to Turkey um, because Stephen can't really go there without a marriage visa. So their plan is to go to Turkey, be together, potentially get married in Turkey and then leverage that for him to move to Russia to be with her. So that is currently the plan for those two. And in this episode, we got to learn a lot about Alina. So, Kirsten, would you like to do the honors in introducing Alina to the to the wrap up to the world? So Alina, first of all, the first thing everyone needs to know about Alina is that she's one of the most beautiful like women I've seen in my entire life. She is gorgeous. Uh, she has iconic friends that give her exclusively good advice. Uh, she was afraid uh, that Stephen was going to steal her organs because he's Mormon and that is seen as a cult where she comes from. Uh, they met uh, on a language app where they helped each other with their their language. And I I just don't understand. I don't understand why an Alina is putting up with a Steven. Can you can you explain <laughs> to me why Alina's putting up with Steven? She seems to have everything going for her. Well, she is 20. So she is definitely new to the world, right? New to to these. I feel like with us 
not to say that you know how we're like what eight years older nine years older it's not that big but it's still oh, like but there I, is so you know, much that goes on in the years oh between God. 20 and 28 you learn so much about the harsh realities of life for the left right and center so she's got none of that she's just you know she's just discovering the world and is you know met this guy and they met on a language dating a language app and you know where you would least expect it the story writes itself it's lovely and so yeah the skepticism with the mormon religion is there she also brings this up again when we get the we get to meet her here mm-hmm. and um she mentions that the way she she started trying to understand it was that she um studied up on it and went to a church service with uh, Stephen, I believe. So she kind of started understanding, okay, it's not like that. They're the, the organs are not going to be stolen for the black market. That is not a thing that's going to be happening here. Um, so we meet her. She stays in Russia. She stays with her mom and her grandma. She's lived there all her life. And um, she basically, we see a scene with her and her mom talking And basically, she says that if he straight up proposes with good intentions, she will accept the marriage. I believe her grandma was the one that said family. They think it's too early. Mm -hmm. Um, But she mentions being apart isn't an option, which I think is a lot of what happens with these long distance relationships on 90, where they hit a breaking point. where it's like, okay, we can't keep doing this for another seven years. Let's figure out the plan. Let's move and get something going in motion. And that's where potentially marriage comes in. A hundred percent. And I think also when it's with the younger couples like this, um, a lot of the reason why these couples are so messy uh, is because when you are dating, when you're like 19 or 20, you're not really dating with the intention of getting married. So you're not really looking at people as potential life partners. You're just like, oh, I like this person. And then feelings develop. uh, It becomes something that it was never like intended to be and then when you add on the additional layer of being from other countries and having to be long distance then it's like okay well you end up with a marriage really fast because you're two young people who have built so many big feelings and you just have to do something about it at that point yeah because i feel like with age comes knowing what you like and what you want in out of life right and when you're 19 you're 20 it's like yeah i'm dating this person because they make me feel nice and I like having a partner to do stuff with and have like shared activities, shared hobbies. But then the older you get, the more it's like, okay, I'm seeing myself having a whole future with this person. And I picture the future. I picture them. That's what I want. That's a more permanent situation. Whereas here, that might be, you know, getting pushed up a little bit simply because, well, I can't picture the future with this person if I'm not in the same space as them. Obviously, one of yeah. the big tests of a relationship comes when you live together, when you are cohabitating, when you have a shared space that you have to both, you know, maintain. Well, so and you even can't have before, any like even before that, I feel like a big part of a relationship is the part where maybe you don't live together, but you're spending like so many nights a week together or yes. you're staying over this many mm-hmm. times. And it's something that you just can't, they can't do that. Right. And so they they aren't getting like those day to day vibes at all. Yeah. Um, the other thing we learned about Alina is she's into body art. Um, she likes expressing herself through makeup and body art. She mentions, uh, she studied Chinese and Asian politics in university. That was what her, uh, degree was coming into. Um, and then when she showed, they did the meet cute of like how we met. She talks about the app. They show us little cutscenes of Steven 
and it's like, oh, it's storming outside. I'm going to go play in the storm. And he's like running around in a little raincoat with a phone out, like a little kid. Then there's a picture of him with a bathtub with apples in it. And I've never seen anything like this. Kirsten, is this something that I should know about or is just Stephen being quirky? No. This is absolutely something that none of us should have ever known about, and now we have to know about it because of this show. Um, I don't think quirky is the right word for Steven. Like, I, I think maybe he wasn't properly socialized. Like, I don't know what his situation is, but I will not... Like, one of the intros, like, the first things we see of Steven is him, like, trying to lick, like, champagne out of a champagne flute, and that image is in my brain now and it it won't leave my brain and i'm just like what like who raised you why are you like this like this isn't how people act like i could see something like because it doesn't seem like he's doing it as like oh look at this funny joke he's just Mm -hmm. like "Mm, i'm so different like stop look (laughs) stop it well we do see um and so the scene actually doesn't start with Alina, but I figured let's focus on her since we get the intro package from her. So the first Stephen Alina scene is Stephen. He's moving to Turkey in three days. He's three days away from the flight and he goes to pick up his last paycheck. And as we know, he is a door to door salesperson for a pest control company. So he'll be like, hey, are you, are you looking for pest control? OK, I've got the hookup. So then he tells us again that how he is a- against hurting of yeah. insects he wants and he mentions the story live. yeah he mentions the story of when he was a kid and he was playing outside his friend rode over an ant hive and then the ants were carrying back their dead and that made Stephen feel bad I was like Stephen you are focusing a lot on this ant hive I would have not noticed but that makes you better than me in that aspect no, um, that's, that was a trauma in his childhood obviously yeah. like seeing the ants like deal I think that would be very traumatic if you're noticing the ants carrying their dead away which then it's baffling to me that he has that level of trauma but he's still this is the job he's in i feel like the only job he could get damn i guess that's fair that is fair like what other Um, job is he gonna like what job is this man qualified to do like this man came to my front door for any reason i would would slam the door and call the police like no if you're saying he's socially awkward and he's unable to sell you door to door then why is he picking? He simply he, he made money because he went to pick up this paycheck from a boss who the boss seemed very concerned for him and stuff. And then on the way out, Stephen was like, you want to hug it out? You want to hug? And the boss was like, I'm good. <laughs> I don't want to hug, sir. I'm fine. Yeah, I think if anything, the boss is like, wow, this human is useless. And now he's going to go travel internationally so i'm assuming there was a check in the envelope because the envelope looked pretty thin but i'm gonna go ahead and guess it was a check yeah it it definitely had to have been a check and i'm assuming that this is one of the rare door-to-door sales jobs that pays by the hour because i just don't think he's making that much of a commission oh yeah when i went um looking for a job and i left my job at the bagel place um a couple years 2016 i want to say I, a lot of the jobs that were available were this, were door-to-door commission-based. I was like, I'm yeah. not going to do that. That just, to me, I would much rather earn something hourly and put my heart and soul into it rather than go out of my way and basically disturb people during the day to give them something, especially knowing that I don't think I can hack it. I can't take rejection well, and I'm going to be in my feelings if someone's mad at me, and I was like, this is not for me. So, kudos to him and anyone who goes door-to-door to to do that, because I simply don't think I could ever hack it. 
Yeah, I one summer in university did get hired for one of those door to door things where you're selling like someone to come like fertilize your lawn. Uh, and I went out one day doing it. I did make two successful sales. Um, so I did make a hundred dollars. Uh, nice. but I knew after one day I was like, this is, uh, the worst thing in the world. And I can't, I can't be knocking on people's doors to try and sell them shit. Like, absolutely not. It's very difficult. It really is difficult to do. I feel like, um, especially okay, when so- it's like, you don't believe in what you're selling. So I can't imagine right. he's selling pest control. Do you think it's, he's just like going to people he knows and they're like giving him sales because they feel bad for him? I feel like that's where you start, right? I feel like that's the move is to start from within. And get the easy sales of people you may know, potentially. It's like, oh, you were thinking of doing this? Give me your sale. And I, that works. But I don't know. I'm not sure. And especially if this maybe was an hourly thing, potentially. I don't know. Maybe it was an hourly thing. We don't, we don't necessarily know what the case was. Because I did have a friend who got a job uh, going door to door, but he was getting paid hourly. And it was just a matter of they would all meet up at like 8 a.m. and work to like 8 p.m. And that was 12 hours, which they were there with the boss. So it, it made sense. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Speaking of friends, uh, um, Alina has two that we meet. They're Nastia and Julia. And they're, they come over to help her pack and they're telling her, you know, it's a risky move. And what are you going to do while you're there? She's like, we're going to have some special time. Like, oh, sex? She's like, no, not sex. We've actually decided to wait. And she mentions in her confessional that she's a virgin and she's decided to respect the Mormon religion and remain pure before marriage, which, you know, it's your choice. Kudos. Well, yeah, However, it, it makes sense in ahead. this. Yeah, it makes sense in this situation because she's like, yeah, I didn't like stay a virgin like for any reason. It just never happened. But like now that I'm like with Steven, I might as well like respect the Mormon faith and we'll remain pure for each other. But record scratch, he has not had the same commitment to the Mormon faith. Yeah, so things, this is where things take a turn because I was like, oh, very sweet of you two. And then she tells her friends more about Steven's been talking a lot with one of his female friends and the friends think that that's weird. And then we find out that Steven asked her if he can date other girls, which I thought, is that a, like a language mix up maybe, but then I think it makes sense. Um, And then her friends suggest there's one way that we can test his trust. You can hire an actress and use her to flirt with him to test his trust. And that was a very wild theory. And I thought, please do this, Alina. We love please a scheme. Actress. Please. Be so good. 
we do love a good scheme. So that gets brought up. So those two things I'm already like, okay, a little bit of red flag, a little bit of red flag potentially. Okay. Um, and then we find out that, um, so Stephen Lynn later in another scene goes to call her on Skype or FaceTime or whatever to tell her about the accommodations that he's booked for this trip to Turkey. And he's seemingly nervous about it. And I thought, what's to be nervous about? Maybe he got a place that might not be good enough, whatever the case. Turns out that Stephen has decided to book two apartments. He booked a place for her that's very nice. It's further away. It's a little bit further away. It's the, non, the nicer one, the bigger place. And then he booked a hostel for himself because he wants to do things the right way. And yes. he was like, well, he, so- he was concerned that if they stay together, two things might happen. First of all, it might cause issues with the Mormon church, like um, supporting their marriage. And two, they might accidentally have sex because that's something you do on accident all the time. Yeah. And when she was like, yeah, but we can control our, we can control it and you can control yourself. He was like, but you're so sexy and whatever. I was like, what in the brand enhance is this? What are you talking about? <laughs> like the temptation, they'll be stupid. So I was like, that's a thing. Okay. Cause initially if it's like the, the Mormon church might have a problem with this and that might make it difficult for them to get married. I fully understood that. But then the second part, I was like, I don't co-sign anything you're saying, sir. That well, is not a thing. Like, how are you accidentally having sex? That's not how that happens. No, <laughs> there's nothing accidental about it. So, yeah, we don't we don't like that. Um, we had seen in the, the first episode that uh, Stephen has maybe not always followed uh, the, the church. You know, there's something that he's done that is uh, outside of, you know, the goal of the Mormon church. And I know you had theorized with Asia last week that maybe it could be like, oh, maybe he had coffee or alcohol. But no, he's had nope. sex before. Yeah, so he has, you know, he mentions the hardest thing about his religion is chastity. And he's failed this uh, part of his religion because he is no longer a virgin, he tells us in confessional. He's not shared this with Alina, obviously. And um, so that is definitely going to be a problem. And he's worried because he thinks that if he tells her this, that will make the relationship unrepairable. And I do think it will, Stephen, because you're literally talking about stuff as if you want her to follow the religion. You said to your parents, if she doesn't take in the faith that you're out. So it's clear that this is something where he's he has seen the error in his ways and he has started going back to following his religion closely. But this big omission here, I feel like will be a problem because Alina is going to be like, well, you already, you know, it's one of the where you broke it. So what's going on? And also, why didn't you just tell me? I feel like this is one of those things where the longer he doesn't say anything, the stranger it might be. It's it's the kind of thing where if he like if he went to Alina and was like, I have a hypothetical for you. What would you do if I actually wasn't a virgin? I feel like she would be like, that's fine. But it's weird that you lied to me. Yes. You know, thousand percent. That's how I picture it as well. Like, what? stop it. Like. And also, yeah. can he he needs to cut his hair. You don't like the haircut? You're not vibing with it. He It looks stupid. I think that if he had a shorter haircut and maybe some facial hair, he could grow up to be like an okay looking guy. But like he just the way his hair and face are right now is not working for me. Facial hair does do wonders. I can co-sign. It really does. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. So then what is there anything else left here that we need to maybe uh, talk about? Well, okay. So then he wanted them to potentially for the first month or two 
live apart. And she said, this doesn't work for her. He then says, okay, I'll be with you the first night. I can sleep on the couch or something. And then we can go from there. So that's where they leave us. I well, think the next time on with them, what about that? So, sorry, that. no. He says, oh, the first night I'll sleep on the couch, and then the second night I'll go to the hostel, and you can tell me how you feel about being alone there. And it's like, she just told you she doesn't feel comfortable going to a country she doesn't know and not being with you. Like, that's not the point of this experiment. It's like, she's literally leaving her family to be with you. That's the That's the whole reason the move is happening so the idea of living separately is not appealing to her at all because why why would she do that why would she sign up for that so that's not going to end well i genuinely think he's going to fold and they're going to be together in the apartment i don't think he's going to end up in the hostel whatsoever so and they're going to have sex well that we'll see he first might have to talk about that because what is he going to do just never bring it up Maybe. I think he's going to buckle. I think he'll buckle, Kirsten. He doesn't seem like he can keep a lie like that to himself. I, I see it more as, I think they maybe they will accidentally do intercourse, you know, as you do by accident. Uh, and then afterwards, he's going to be like, actually, that wasn't my first time, so... Oof. Oof. Big oof. I also the, accidentally do intercourse is when someone who doesn't smoke marijuana says, I did. Did, did you do weed? <laughs> Give me that energy. <laughs> did you? Oh, did you uh, do weed? That's that reminds me of. Um, I remember at one point I was taking like public transit with a coworker who's like a very sweet, uh, like innocent human. And mm-hmm. someone had clearly been smoking weed on the train. And she turns to me and she goes, is that what marijuana smells like? And I was like, you have a whole degree. How have you never encountered this ever? What? Yeah, where there are degrees, there are weed. <laughs> so I don't know how you might not have experienced that. Um, interesting. Yeah, uh, no, I feel like I, I remember distinctly the first or second time I smelt it on campus, it unlocked a memory of when I was like in my teens like younger, like 13, 14. And it unlocked a smell that I most definitely had smelled before, like walking with my mom and sister at one point. I was like, that's what that was. I definitely (laughs) had that moment of like, oh, I cracked the case. (laughs) That random smell, that's what it was. That is hilarious. I love that. I love that for you. And then then you never smelled it again, obviously. No, no. What is weed? I don't know. Okay. Never heard. I've right. never heard of the cannabis. No, <laughs> cannabis. <laughs> oh, there's too many names for it. Okay, so the devil's lettuce. <laughs> that is a great name for it, Loki. That is one of my favorite ones to jokingly say. <laughs> um, okay, so then Stephen and Alina have no next time on. In my notes, I'm pretty sure we don't see them next week, which is fine. They can take a break while they get ready for Turkey mm-hmm. and we'll be focusing on the other five couples. But yeah. let's go over to Ellie and Victor now. They got yes. a decent chunk of story, but literally all of Ellie's story is her friends being disproving of this relationship. I, That's uh, the whole thing. Well, because it's like at every turn, we're learning something new, right? And so mm-hmm. in this in this episode, her friends learn that she's been giving... Uh, Victor money like thousands of dollars that they are back together and that she's moving uh, so that they can get married and like many of her friends thought she was just going on a trip and then that the rest is, are like they're just finding out she sold her business is getting rid of everything she yeah. owns 
And that leaving. is too much. That is too much to drop on someone's lap in one city. Mm-hmm. You should have spaced these out. You really should have. I had like because... one of my friends t- told me on the same day, they were like, oh, I'm engaged and pregnant. And I was like, whoa, that's a lot. And that's not even nearly the extent of what she's telling all of her friends in this episode. Yeah. And and so this whole thing is they know she's so the one thing. Uh, Hiromi, her friend who we met last week, knows everything. She knows the top and bottom of the whole thing. Everyone else is in the dark about this. All they know is that Ellie's going on a trip over to see uh, to see visit Victor, but they don't know that it's a permanent visit. So her friends decided to throw a friendsgiving for her before she goes because she'll be missing Thanksgiving. And this is where she decides to tell them about this. Um, they didn't even know they got back together. The move is permanent. They were very shocked. So they told her, they were like, what will you do if you find out there's more to the story than what you've heard? She was like, I'll leave right away. Um, and then when they were like, but you sold everything. So you've given everything up, but then you would leave at the trace of new information. Like, how is that a logical way to go about this? Shouldn't you wait this out and see if there's more information and gain the trust back? Is no. there, Or is it just his charm that's working on you? The friends are very skeptical on this. The friends care about her and want to make sure that she's okay. Uh, but she is like, nope, I'm in love. I'm going. Yeah, she took a look at the menu and said, yeah, I would like to order the violence for today. Yeah, that's what I would like to have. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make the worst possible decision here um, <laughs> by deciding to leave and sell my successful pizza business, which again, shout out to Asia for just knowing that the business was successful. I love that, that you randomly got that confirmation. That pizza looked so good. It did. It did not look like a hot and ready from Little Caesars. I'll tell you that. No. Like, listen, I live fairly close to Seattle. One day when the naval border opens, I can take a ferry straight to Seattle and I want to go to that pizza place. When you said naval, I didn't realize what you meant until you mentioned taking a cruise over, a ship over. It's like, oh, the water. Gotcha. So pardon me. Is that not what it's called? It is, but for Marine for some border? reason, no, 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 for some reason, and I think this is a bit of a Jacob Jones ish thing of me to do. I thought of a belly button. Um, Once the belly button's open, I can go to Seattle. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, okay. So um, the pizza looked great, but she's gonna not be uh, owning that business no more. So basically, what else happens here? Ellie I- says he sounds trustworthy. And that is not what does No, what does that mean? I'm sorry. First of all, never has any man sounded trustworthy in the history of the world. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but also, like, what does that mean? He sounds trustworthy. Did he sound trustworthy before when you got the email from the woman he was cheating on you with? Like, what? I just, I feel like, I feel like with this, it's just, oh my God. So it's one of those things where, um, uh, what's it called? It's it's like because sounding trustworthy can go so many different ways because via text, you can sound way different. Right. So that's something you could do via text. Maybe you just answer everything the exact way you need to do over the phone. It's really especially with this, like how well did he deflect the questions and, and dodge it? But how is the guy who was like, oh, there's nothing happened. I deny, deny, deny. And then you gave him receipts and he's like, oh, yeah, that happened. Like, how is that? How does the same person gaining your trust back so quickly and sounding trustworthy? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. And I do think that uh, 
a part of this does seem to be like she doesn't seem to have that much experience in relationships like she very tragically lost like the love of her life at a really young Mm -hmm. age and so I do think that uh, sometimes when you have like a trauma like that in a relationship it can kind of stunt your emotional growth and so I feel like she like she's what she's 41 She's in her early four, so. oh, 45. Yeah. Um, so she's 45. But I feel like at heart and like in relationships, she's probably still that like 20 year old who like is like trusting and vulnerable and open to the world and uh, has maybe not been beaten down in relationships as much because her other like serious relationship ended in a tragedy rather than a breakup. Yeah. And I feel I feel bad for her. Because I can tell how badly she wants this to work, but her friends are not holding back punches. Because her friends then also start asking about if, if, uh, do, do you both pay for things? And she mentions that he pays for some things. I'm helping him pay for the house with the house. So she then she mentions she's given him five grand. She's given him the entire budget of Corey's brother's wedding <laughs> for this house repair. And it's not a lot of money for her. No, I mean, she was like, it's just 5K. It's just a casual 5K. No big deal. That pizza must be delicious. I'll tell you that. Um, and she mentions, she cites the reasons is like, well, I want a comfortable living when I'm there. I want like a luxurious bathroom. And I was like, I respect that. I feel like you want the space to be better. You're willing to put in the money for it. That sounds good to me. Because when they did show us the house, I was like, okay, yeah, Ellie's going to have a bit of a rough time if the house may, remains the way it is, given what we've seen her living situation be in Seattle. And then this will be a big change for her. Yeah, exactly. I want to find out what the name of this pizza place is. Ooh, um, I can't remember off the top of my head. So definitely you might have to want to check out the first episode and see if you can find the uh, the name there or message Asia and she can hook it up. Okay, um, yeah, Sorry, so I then, got distracted instantly. <laughs> no problem. So then Hiromi asks if... Um, Potentially, Ellie has talked about, thought about doing a background check on Victor, and she doesn't seem too keen to do that. I don't know why. I don't know if she thinks it is, you know, too sneaky to to do something like that to get information. But, well, but what are they hoping to find on a background check? Like, what what would they really even be able to find? Uh, damn. I mean, that's a good question. Could they find out if he has debt? If he, you know, oh, I guess, maybe, yeah. you know, that would be a, because if she, he has debt, then yeah, the money's coming from her directly. Then that could be a problem. Oh my God. What if he's already married? I mean, we don't, I, we haven't met him yet. So it's very like, who knows? Who it's, knows? it's like the boogeyman <laughs> where we're just like, oh, what are all of the things that could go wrong? Yeah. And, and especially given the setup of the, the two of them, it feels like everything that can go wrong is going to go wrong. So we will see natural disaster happen. So there's a lot of developments here. Um, so basically, when the next scene happens, Ellie talks about how her friends were shocked at this news. So she needs reassurance from Victor. She's going to call him and mentions that she had a dream the night prior that the woman he cheated with was pregnant. And Victor's like, well, that was just a dream. She was like, well, are you sure she's not on the island? He says yes. So that's she, again, if this is the the trustworthiness she's getting, okay, good. You know, as long as it works for you. What could be more stereotypical than in a relationship, um, 
like in a straight relationship, the woman being like, well, I had a dream that you cheated on me and I'm really mad at you now. I feel like that's such a stereotype. It's so funny because I have had that dream in, with me and Liana and I've been like Liana last night I had this bad dream she was like it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't real it's just a dream I was like I know but I'm sad I'm sad I'm That's sad bad. this morning um, so I definitely have had that before um, but then and it doesn't feel good even though you wake up you're like it was fake it's like yeah but it felt like for eight hours I was fighting trauma in my sleep <laughs> it was a lot to deal with now I have to wake up have coffee and study something for a podcast like oh no not- Yeah. Um, But definitely. um, So when she said that, I didn't know that it actually happened. I thought she was just testing him. Um, But then turns out in the confessional, indeed, this dream did happen. How does that test someone if she was making up a dream like that? I don't. How is that a test? Let's say let's say she thought. Okay, she thought something more was going on with uh, with the other woman in the relationship. And she says that if he squirms, if he gets like all weird and quiet or weird and pitchy, then she's like, oh, this might have some legs. But then if he's reassuring, then maybe that worry goes away and you're you've, you know, veiled it as you, you had a dream and not so much that you are blankly accusing them of something. But I feel like even if you react weirdly to that, you have an out of being like, yeah, that's a weird dream. And you're now like coming at me over a dream and I'm uncomfortable. Like, I feel like you could get out of that and sound trustworthy easily. Well, she also just gave 5,000 away like it was nothing. So (laughs) it's not impossible. I don't understand rich people, so it's fine. (laughs) Oh, to have 5K, just be chilling. Yeah, if anyone has 5K, again, like... Puya and I have like PayPal. We will we will repair our houses. I will add a bathroom to this house. I got you. I would (laughs) love to be able to use that money to move somewhere that doesn't have black mold. It would be great. (laughs) So the one other thing she says, how's the house coming along? He says he just needs to paint and stuff, but he's worried about the hurricane coming. So when he mentions this, he says that it sounds like it's just going to be a tropical storm, but then it got upgraded to maybe category two, category three. We find out later that it became full blown category five, which is devastating. Um, and, and then the next time on with them, that's when we find out the category five. And then this is when she's going to prepare to go see him. So she's going to come over. And I've said this with Liana at the end of the last season that their whole plot line sounds like a movie. And if not for the fact that there are distinct scenes in the series, preview that they put on YouTube where she's clearly talking with Victor in Providencia, I would be like, ooh, what's going to happen? Intrigue. But that intrigue's gone for me because she's going to find him. I just don't know when. Yeah. Um, but again, like, I mean, we knew she was going to find him. So I guess right. now the intrigue <laughs> is what's it going to be like when she does? Is he going to be where she expects him to be? Is she going to be with someone else? Is that going to be a thing? Like, I feel like we we have to look for the drama elsewhere and there's been enough lying between the two of them and like Ellie lying to all of her friends that you know what something could happen it it could be a thing yeah I, I think it could be a thing for sure Oof, I'm not ready I'm not ready for this final couple I gotta brace myself for two seconds you're One, not ready how could two. you I, you were born ready it's for a this. lot okay there, we've got a lot to unpack <laughs> I, I'll admit I did not think that we had this much to talk about, like that we've already been recording um, for over an hour and we're not even like we haven't even talked about this couple. But yeah, it's the main event. It's a lot. It's 
It's it is a lot, and it's Arian Binyam. So the last time we talked about Arian Binyam last week, we left you with Leandro is quarantining um, and is already in Ethiopia, and he will be moving in with Arian Binyam for the duration of his stay. So right out the gate, we are going to be meeting Leandro. They're going to go pick him up, and what happens here? We get a little bit more information about how Bini, uh, Ari and Leandro ended. So yeah. they got divorced because Ari decided that she needed to, she wanted to travel the world. She wasn't ready to just completely settle down and she left, but she left kind of with the idea that maybe she believed she, they would end up back together after, you know, the trips and stuff. But then she met Binium in the middle of all this. Well, And, and I think even meeting Binium, if they hadn't gotten pregnant, like they would not be still together. Oh, I talked about this with Liana. If the pregnancy hadn't happened, I don't think Binium's in the picture. At yeah, all. not at all. She, like, not even a little bit. Um, the thing too, uh, with Ari and her ex is that they also have like the um international couple situation going on where they meet when they're super young in another mm-hmm. country, they get married, he moves to America, like to be with her. And they were together for a long time. Uh, It is absolutely wild to me that after like 10 years of marriage, she would be like, "Hmm, well, I still think I want to be with this person, but I just got to go travel on my own. Like she says in this episode that they never really broke up. She just didn't come back. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Well, she also mentioned that she kind of left it ambiguous. So that there would be an opening. It wasn't like a complete like, yeah, we're done here. It was very like loose with the words. But this is the where they're at now. And so she is going to go get her nails done. And Binyam is a little bit concerned because by from where Binyam's standing, Ari is wearing heels. He's wearing a skirt. She doesn't usually wear these things. And he is bothered by Ari being all nervous and stuff about meeting him and seeing him. And then she says she's flattered that he's jealous. And when they get to the nail salon, Ari uh, Binium clocks. Oh, Ari, where is your wedding ring? And yeah. And this was weird because like, yes, I understand where he's coming from. Like, Oh, where's your ring? But in the moment that he asks, she's already getting her nails done. I feel like you would naturally take off the ring for the nail appointment anyways. So I just felt like that was weird timing. I think it would have made more sense if he had asked like on the way over or like Mm -hmm. after she's done. I think the, I think it was just unfortunate circumstance in this particular instance with the wedding ring being missing because I do think that she removed it. Um, because like Liana was mentioning today to me that like the last thing you want is to remove it while you're getting your nails done, forget it there and you don't get it back. So I was like, that oh, is that's very a very good point. good point. Yeah. So that didn't matter. I think, but the problem is, is that this is the same day that she's going to be seeing her ex-husband who clearly are, uh, Binium's very insecure about all this. And now the ring is missing and the ring is a cheap ring. So he's insecure about, does she, does she not want to be seen with it? Is she embarrassed by the ring? So I feel like there's a lot more in Binium's head that's making this worse because of the value of the ring itself too. Well, and we also find out that um, Binium's ex left him for her ex. So like, this is already something that really weighs on him that he doesn't want history to repeat itself. 
Yeah, it's it's a lot on the mind for poor old Binium here. So this all happens. The getting ready happens. And now they're on their way to meet Leandro face to face. And um, Ari's big hope in all this is that Binium sees that there's nothing to be worried about and the relationship's done done. So they meet Leandro. She goes in for a hug. And then him and Vinny and Leandro do a handshake and she forces them to hug. Yeah. Which I was like, this is awkward. It's like Don't when you that. have the two Barbies and you're like, oh, now kiss. She's like, okay, you two are <laughs> hugging now. It's so yeah. weird. Yeah. And, and Binium doesn't seem to be happy at all. Binium does mention that he wants to do a one-on-one talk with Leandro and see what his intentions are and like, what is the truth with them? Um, and Leandro, on the other hand, believes that he needs to be accepted. He would like to be accepted. So now they're inside the house mm-hmm. and they're meeting baby Avi for the first time. Leandro is. And they give Leandro the baby to hold. And this is the moment for me where Ari says something that I'm like, this was out of line. This was awkward. And there's something here when she says you could have had a baby like this, but you didn't. You missed out. When especially because we've never received any indication that he's the one who wanted to break up. It's all been that she like was a flight risk. Very bizarre. Um, She moved. She moved. She didn't like he went to Indiana and she didn't move with him. She she left left to travel. Yeah, Uh, she is very like to me, it's very clear that it is unresolved between the two of them, like Mm -hmm. the way she talks about him being her best friend still. And like, I'm not one to say the exes can't be friends. Like, I don't think that that's a good stance to take. I think it is weird when your ex is your best friend. I think that's strange. Yeah, I mean, and I talked about this at length last week where I'm firm believer that exes can be friends, um, depending on how you ended, the circumstances, who you were to each other beforehand, 1000% you can still be friends. But then there's more and more evidence in her interactions about him and with him that make me believe there is still a lot of unresolved feelings mm-hmm. in this relationship. Because again, if the relationship didn't really end and then promptly ended because of her and Binium being together, then it's like, well, you didn't really get closure from the relationship and you didn't really close that chapter of your life together. It's weirdly still open, but the pages are now filled with more Binium story, but it's still the book with you and Leandro. It's a very weird dichotomy. Yeah. And like a 10 year marriage, like that is a long relationship. Like I have um, an ex where we were together for a long time, like seven years. And like, are we on good terms now? Yeah. Like if I saw him, I'd say hi. Like we could hang out in a friend context now, three years later, but I would never be like, Oh, this is my best friend. Like if he was still my best friend, we would still be together. Right. Like, right. Well, the whole, the whole thing would be like, Oh, I'm dating my best friend or I'm with my best friend. Um, of course. Uh, but it's not, uh, if the relationship ends, it's not going to end on completely good terms where it's like, okay, we're just, we're back to platonic, but the relation, the nature of the friendship is still, we're very close. I don't know. It's complicated because then it's like, well, clearly here I can see the best friend them in the two, but I can also see the unresolved feelings in the two. So it's kind of like intermingled. So it's hard to decide where the relationship ends and the friendship begins or vice versa. Another part, of this that is so weird is we get the scene where um, 
Leandro has brought uh, her a bra from America because she hasn't found a brand that she likes in Ethiopia and her boobs have been really fluctuating in size because of like breastfeeding and having a baby etc obviously uh, this is kind of a weird thing for an ex to, to bring but he's bring Leandro brings up oh my girlfriend picked it out and this is the only time we have ever heard that he is seeing someone. And mm-hmm. you would think that Ari could be like, listen, you have nothing to be concerned about. Leandro has a girlfriend. Like, obviously, like, this is platonic. Don't worry about it. But she never brings that up. And it's like, oh, does she just not want to talk about that relationship? Does she not want to face that it's real? Like, that to me is like another layer of unresolved feelings. Yeah, I okay. So with regards to the to Bragate to set this up, so obviously Leandro brought some stuff from the states over to gift them, brought them stuff, and brought bras for Ari that Ari asked for because she can't get the bras she wants in Ethiopia. Again, completely fine. Um, as someone who is a you know a person who lives who lived in a place where then. When I would visit friends and family in Iran, we would bring them stuff that they couldn't get in Iran. Or when I would go to Sweden, I would get stuff in Sweden to bring friends home to Dubai that didn't have it. I fully get this. And that's not a problem. The problem for me is that this should have, like, why was this not mentioned at all? Like, don't you think, especially knowing how Binyam is and how you've been receiving, because she knows there's a little bit of tension there. Why, yeah. shouldn't she have told him ahead of time hey by the way I've needed these bras my family I'm none of my family's coming over in a minute so I'm just going to tell um, Leander to bring them and oh yeah his girlfriend's going to probably help pick him out so we're safe like that's completely fine but that wasn't mentioned so I don't understand what the purpose uh, why she thought this would be the best way to go about it it just doesn't make sense to me exactly yeah like you just need to like give him the heads up like you know that Biniam is feeling some kind of way so you give him the reassurance like because Biniam is like he's allowing Leandro to stay with them he's like being supportive as much as he can even though it's making him uncomfortable to have Ari's ex there and to have them staying like it's a weird situation and Ari should be making at least some concessions to make sure that her like future husband feels secure. Yeah. No, I, and I think that that is a big misstep from Ari's side. I feel like the problem is I think Ari, she mentions a couple times in this episode that she is flattered that he is jealous. So I feel like she likes that he is jealous I mean, obviously, everyone wants their partner to want them. And I feel like she feels wanted when when Binium's reacting in such a way. But I think the the glaring omission here of not being upfront or not openly communicating about some of this stuff makes it so that it moves away from like jealousy to insecurity to just anger between your supposed best friend and your partner. Like you don't, and that's what not what she wants at all, right? She wants both of them in her life. But if you're causing tension like this, it's not good. But I think it's more so a, she missed, took a misstep rather than it was not intentional from her to do all this. Yeah. I don't think it's intentional. I, I do yeah. 
think that's a good point of though that she is flattered by the jealousy and it makes her feel wanted because it also is mentioned i can't remember if it was this episode or the first one i watched them back to back which was not the most like i guess professional decision um to make um but she brings up that uh when biniam goes and records his music sometimes he just stays out all night and that makes her feel really isolated and alone because she doesn't have a close network um in ethiopia and mm-hmm. so I think that her getting the attention from him because he is jealous of Leandro makes her feel a little bit more secure with regards to that side of things when literally both of them could just, again, talk to each other, figure out what's yeah, going well, on. In the last season that they were in, we basically saw um, there was a scene where Binium took her to where he was doing his dancing with his dancing partner and she was very upset by getting seeing all of that unfold. She definitely felt some type of way about it as well, which now clearly Binium also has that same feeling of feeling some type of way as well. So it's definitely something that is not um, foreign to their relationship. It just happened to be now she's the one on this side, whereas last time it was him on the other side. So it's definitely a complex situation that we will continue to monitor on the show. Yeah. Um, but then the one last thing that happens here, I think in the middle of the gift exchange. So then Leandro gives uh, Binyam a set of speakers that he brought over. And in an attempt to make conversation, clearly what I saw is Binyam trying to open the dialogue and like, seem more accepting he asks why um what happened with you two that it didn't work out and ari feels a lot of emotions here so ari mentions that um she wanted to travel the world and that's why she didn't move to indiana but then she wanted to keep the option open of being with him potentially but then they met. She never expected herself to meet someone. And then she starts crying and you can visibly see Binium is like, what have I done? It was mm-hmm. pretty funny if you remove the seriousness out of everything. Yes. If you could, but I can't remove the seriousness from this. You like, cannot. This made it's very me, difficult. This made me very sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, it's very weird. A very strange position to be in because Again, I feel like there are live emotions and feelings about all of this with Leandro for her that she's just never been able to solve. And now she's sitting there with her um, new partner now who potentially she may not have even been with if Avi wasn't in the picture. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like there, there is no, there is no chance that she would have moved to Ethiopia uh, if she had not gotten pregnant. Like, there's there's absolutely no chance. Uh, she would have gone back to Leandro. Uh, you can just tell, like, there, it's unresolved. She specifically says, oh, well, we never really broke up. Like, I just didn't come back, and that door was always open. And then it's like, well, now that door's closed, and now you're feeling some kind of way about that. Yeah. Yeah. And the next time on, shows the uh it shows Biniam and Leandro go into the gym and they're gonna like I don't know practice martial arts together and celebrity the scene net ends. fights <laughs> the scene ends with Biniam holding uh Leandro in what I can only describe as the most non play fight chokehold of all time. <laughs> oh yeah no he's out for blood he's ready yeah, he, to go <laughs> He's getting some feelings out on this uh, on this uh, exercise that they're doing for sure. 
It's I feel like if anybody ever asks you if you want to like spar, I think you just say no. Yeah, I feel like especially if I'm not like good good friends with them, no, I'm out. I'm out for sure. Yeah. I I, I think mistakes are going to be made in the, in this ball. But like uh Leandro's only there for like a two week visit, right? I believe so, it was two weeks. Yes. So what do we where do we think it's going when Leandro goes back? to the states like what's the core drama after he's gone with these two so the thing is um there's been a lot with these two as far as drama goes in the last season um i mentioned a couple of them last week but the whole the baby being baptized the baby's upbringing um there was definitely the living conditions ari not feeling comfortable living in ethiopia with the long hours that biniam had but i feel like they just threw us in here with the immediate leandra storyline so we don't even know if all of those things were resolved i feel like that's when we're going to peel it back and go back to those older issues but right now with leandra here that's going to be the main focus i also do think the dynamic between Ari and uh, Abinium's sisters is something that we're going to see develop a little bit more. This is the couple that I said earlier. I think they're one of the core couples, and I think we're going to see them for a long time uh, this season. I think they're going to be one of the ones featured every week. Even They are definitely the stars of the show. Yeah, and it isn't close, really. I mean, wh- who's second? Like... Uh, truthfully, it'll depend on where um, Ellie and... Um, It'll depend on where Ellie and Victor end up and where Steven and Alina end up. But if we remove the new people and we'll look at the returnees, I think it's Ginny and Sumit. But with them, I feel like their storyline should have been over. They still find new ways to keep being featured. So, Well, we'll yeah, it seems like it's all really played out, but then they are just doing the same thing over and over again. And so, like, it's exciting to me because I've never seen it before and I just can't believe that it happened. But I can see, like, if they, they've been on the show for years, like, that can't continue to be entertaining for, for the, the veterans of this show. Yeah. I mean, it's been... The, the thing with 90 is that it's always a fun ride. Um, there's always something to talk about. The middle of the season sometimes can get repetitive, especially if nothing new is coming out or if we're tired of a couple, which we usually get tired of couples here. But it's been fun so far. And honestly, it's been such a good change of pace for me to see a new batch of couples that wasn't the same five from the 90 day season over to the 90 day happily ever after season. So I can't complain whatsoever. I mean, this is, this show's iconic. I just like pray that I can keep up with it. I hope you do Kirsten. Cause if you keep up, we can definitely have you back because it was a delight talking to you about all this today. So thank you for coming on. It was so great to be here. Thank you for finally welcoming me on the hot mess express. Uh, I had a blast. Of course, anytime, Kirsten. Where can people find you? I know we mentioned the podcast you've got going on at the beginning. Let the people know one more time. Where can they get more Kirsten McInnes? Yes. So currently, um, the best place, go find me twitch.tv slash Kirsten said what? Um, cause that's, that's where you get, you know, the unfiltered Kirsten opinions. Okay. Um, so go there, follow me everywhere at Kirsten said what? Um, for podcasts, uh, currently Bojack Horse Pod is releasing episodes weekly. We are in season three of Bojack Horseman having a blast. Uh, Riverdale season five is in full force and, uh, Frail Mary and I are breaking that down 
over on KowskiCast. That is cow with a K. And I was just on Renap uh, on Sex and a Kiwi, where we talked about Sex in the City and sorted groups of four into the uh, iconic uh, four main characters of Sex in the City. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'll, I'll be kicking around on some Big Brother coverage at some point, but uh, that'll I'll post that on my Twitter. Holy, thank you, thank you for that, Chris. And, and Sex and Akivi will never stop being the funniest name for a podcast. It's so funny. Ever. I can't believe that's the name of that podcast. And I can't believe now if people search your name, that will be there too. So I, you there know you go. what? I can't. I can't think about that. I can't think about the things that come up when I'm googled. <laughs> I'm just trying to replace the thought of you think the the thought in your head of um Stephen licking the champagne flute <laughs> with something else. I'm trying to replace it. So I'm doing How you a favor here. Dare you? How dare you bring that back up? That is so hateful. Well, you know what? You could just think about him in a bathtub full of apples, okay? That is a very funny image. I still I don't know. It was it like a setup for bobbing for apples? Like what was that? I, I mean, was it know. just for a photo shoot? Like, does he think it's like sexy if he's like if his parts are covered by the apples? Like, is it an Adam and Eve Garden of Eden thing? They, well, they didn't show us the rest of the photo shoot, so maybe I don't know. I haven't seen his portfolio, so I might have to. I'm, who's kidding? I'm not going to. I pray that, I but. never do. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's uh, maybe it's for his uh, content post show on his OnlyFans. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, not no he can't stray that far from his faith that he starts an only that is true i don't think he will i don't think he will (laughs) he's just a baby ew (laughs) and you can find me um on all major social media platforms at puyaism however twitch.tv slash puya is where i reside for the most part i stream about three or four times a week over there definitely come check us out there if you have the time um, Big Brother still going strong. I'll be back Friday mornings to talk with Taryn about everything going on Friday, including the new HOH reigns over on the Big Brother Hop Up podcast feed. And then Mass Singer is but two weeks ish away, so I'll be back there with me and Liana talking about all of the nine, uh, the Mass Singer nonsense. This season is already sounding like it's going to be wild. They've added new mechanics, new rules more wild cards. So I'm here for all of that. And we're going to be debuting a new theme song, which I'm very excited about. So definitely come check us out when the Masked Singer drops over on the Masked Singer wrap up feed. And last but not least, please, if you may um, leave a rating and review for this podcast. Um, You can find that over on robinswebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. That's the number nine, the number zero day fiance. Um, Any feedback is appreciated, whether it's there, if it's on social media, let me know what you think of the content. Let me know if there are ways you would like to see change happen over here. Or as always, fact check me on anything I might have inaccurately explained over here, whether it's to do with other countries' laws or if it's historical facts about the show that I've forgotten because I've been talking about the show for about a year now and there's been seven seasons and a lot of information to go through. So I definitely do forget stuff. I'm going to be the first one to admit it. So definitely let me know. But until then, we have arrived at the destination with the Hot Mess Express. It's time to get off the train here. I am your host, Puya Zanvikili, saying thank you so much for talking to us, dealing with us today. And I will catch you next week talking about episode three of season three of 90 Day Fiancé the other way. But until then, take care. Have a good one. And find you a bathtub with apples. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.